0: Welcome to the Nerd Room, where we talk all things comics and movies. This is episode number thirty-seven. We're discussing film and written prequels. I'm your host Tim. I'm Troy. Written? That sounds kind of weird. I meant like comic books and books, <laughs> but I thought it sounded kind of dumb. a <laughs> okay, quick story to tell. We'll wrap the top here. So we've been doing this podcast thing for thirty-seven yeah. episodes now, right? Mm-hmm. And I was at work today doing a, a presentation. Nice. <laughs> and I do quite a few presentations at work. And I found myself doing kind of a podcast edit thing oh, where wow. I stopped and restarted the same sentence. Nice. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, we're recording sometimes, you know, it's not always perfect. So we have a tendency to stop in the middle of a sentence, pause, and then restart. Just cut it out. And then easy to cut out for yeah. the for the editor. And I did that in the middle of a presentation oh, wow. in front of like 35 people today. <laughs> That's awesome. God, oh man, it was so dumb. What was the reaction like, eh? Was, yeah, I was just kind of like uh sure yeah okay he may have had a small stroke but i think he's okay (laughs) it's been a crazy week like i was saying before we started recording i'm so far behind my comic books and it's my mission this weekend to get caught back up yeah so we can talk a little more comic books for sure in the future
1: yeah
0: it's civil wars delays still coming out so i missed much there yeah so that's not that big of a deal (laughs) i know
1: yeah i know next week i'm gonna get back into it i'm kind of down on my dc and marvel i've been been toy binging quite a bit, yeah. but my comic collection is looking a little dry right now, so I got to get back there. Definitely, yeah.
0: So we got lots to talk about this week. Yes, we're going to kick it off here with a little bit of Civil War discussion—not mm-hmm. the comic book, yeah. but actually where Thor and Hulk were yes. during the Civil War. So that was one of the biggest mysteries going into the actual movie: is mm-hmm. what was going to be the explanation for the whereabouts of Thor and Hulk. Yes, and we finally have our answer. Yeah, <laughs> the director of Thor: Ragnarok put out this small mockumentary, which was aired for the first time at San Diego Comic-Con this year. And there's little teasers put out about it. And I was wondering, are we ever going to get this? And it finally dropped this week. What did you think of this thing? Because it's... it's Fantastic, yeah.
1: right? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. This is cool. It kind of reminded me a little bit of that um, Kylo Ren Saturday Night Live uh, sketch. Yes. Um, I love that mockumentary, like the, the office, you know, Parks and Rec kind of uh, shooting going on. So I thought it was great. And Chris Hedworth, he's, he's just like a champ, right? This yeah. guy, is, he's hilarious. This he
0: gives is. me so much confidence in the chemistry that he has with the director, right? Mm-hmm. And even though Thor Ragnarok is going to be probably a totally darker oh, movie yeah. than we've seen before, yeah. having a little bit of that Marvel light hardness in there, I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. It's great. And so his roommate Daryl, right? Yeah. Like, Daryl, yeah.
1: Yeah. Poor so guy. Good.
0: Yeah. And he's <laughs> just in the board shorts yeah. and no email, and he's trying to get a yeah. hold of Tony and hold a cap. It's great. It's fantastic. And then the appearance of Mark Ruffalo in there, I and he's that. talking to Tony. And yeah. That's great. He starts his own team. And oh, it's <laughs> it's it's really nice to see them taking kind of a lighthearted path for some of this, right? It's mm-hmm. It reminds me of almost a, a one shot. Yes. But it's kind of not a non canonical one right. shot, if you will. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is canon. Who knows? <laughs> I'll count it. Yeah. So it's, it's good to see him back on screen. Again, the chemistry there, I'm really digging that.
1: Can't wait to see that on the big screen. Yeah, it's yeah. going to
0: be good. And like we, we talked about last week about the set photos that we we're seeing, mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to this movie. This got me so much more hyped up for that.
1: It'll be good to see him back on the big screen, right? Him and Mark Ruffalo, get the Hulk in there. And um, yeah, Ruff- that comes out 2018, or 17, sorry. 17, next November. Yeah, next, yeah.
0: They're shooting right now and yeah. probably get a trailer within the next three four five months maybe
1: Yeah, i'd say so
0: before maybe just in the start of the new year with the maybe one of the big releases in february or march there mm-hmm. well you know while we're talking about marvel yeah today when i want to walk home from work sitting on my front porch was the latest collector core box and Boom. i i brought it right over to choice here yeah i think we're gonna open it here I've, i don't know what's in it i haven't seen what's in it mm-hmm. so i just gonna pull it up here we'll do a little bit of a a podcast live unboxing here. Here we so go. It's a Spider-Man box. Yes. beautiful Spider-Man themed this month, which, you know, it's, it's right up to his alley. Yeah, eye.
1: This, is, this is hitting home right now. We've got the vintage look, the Steve uh, Ditko eyes going on. This is a great looking box already.
0: Yeah, these boxes, and I absolutely love them. I display yeah. all of them. Nice. And it's got this worn look to them. Yeah. And it's not just that it's been beat up by the mail it's actually <laughs> how they made the box the
1: presentation great yeah
0: so cracker open here nice She's got the collector's core badge and the pin and both spider-man themed
1: wow what do you do with these do you display the pins or the badges or what do you do with those so i have
0: a big thick stack of them because i also get the star wars box as well yes smuggler's bounty and i saw a really cool thing online a guy had taken a just a, a picture frame mm-hmm. and he had Stuck them on there sequentially oh, as nice. they came out. Yeah. And they look really cool. So I think cool. I'm going to do that with both the patches and the pins yeah. and display them. I don't know how many. I'm going to wait until I finally get in enough. But mm. it's. I think that's the route right I'm going to go with it.
1: Nice. This box is great too. You get some comic strips going on in there. Yeah, great. Spider-Man web swinging through. Awesome. All right,
0: so we got... Come in here. So we got the details of the box itself. Great. Let's get an amazing Spider-Man Collector's Corp. Number sixteen variant edition.
1: Sweet.
0: Yeah. Oh man, this is a big box. So first attacking. thing we got the Ditko looking wow. Spider-Man. This is not from Civil War, but this no. is a Ditko era look Definitely. For sure. Yeah. So we got a that's a Funko Pop number one sixty there. That's really nice. Wow. And then we some got, nice blues
1: and reds on this figure. Wow.
0: Yeah, Fabrications number thirty two Spider-Man as well. That's really nice. You're going to dig this, dude. Oh, oh Check out the
1: hat. shoot. Snapback. Snapback. Wow. It's Amazing Spider-Man. That's a nice color. That's a really nice hat. Nice yeah. color wave going on there. Yeah, Fantastic. I got the Funko face. This is a good pickup. Yeah, that's
0: a, that's a nice box.
1: Wow. That's great.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really good box. That's one thing I love about these is they don't ever seem to cheap out. I'm waiting for them to just send a Funko Pop or something in a comic book. Yeah, this is you know these are cost Canadian. It's about thirty eight bucks, thirty nine bucks. It's every two months. Yeah, every two months. So it's like and they're offset from Star Wars tonight, so I get a box a month.
1: Right. Yeah, which is awesome. Sweet. So and DC does it, Star Wars does it, and Marvel does it. Yeah, and they're even
0: coming out with other ones. There's ones that have different themes with them. There's uh, the the originator was uh, Loot Crate. And okay, okay. so that comes with kind of a combination of different things. You get Marvel stuff, whatever. So oh. these these themed boxes are relatively new within nice. the last, I'd say, year or so. Yeah. And I know the Justice League or the DC one just dropped with Batman vs Superman. Okay. As
1: well. So. And the next one is Doctor Strange. Yeah. The I next mean?
0: Marvel one will be Doctor Strange. Cool. Yeah. And I think the next Star Wars one, which comes out next month, is Death Star themed.
1: Oh. Yeah. So it's
0: the box. What well, looks like it's going to be a Vader box. So. Wow. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I might have to get into this.
0: Yes, and yeah. it's, it's not too bad it's ah, we got an early yeah. there's more than 50 bucks worth of stuff in here oh yeah easily and it, just the the Funko pop and the hat alone are probably kicking up around there your funko pops with 1450 yeah. bucks now Hats are like 35 forty dollars yeah, exactly so. so and the fabrication has got to be kicking around 22 24 yeah. bucks that's good so, pickup yeah really good. good stuff Marvel you're killing it with the collectors card. oh yeah my Is
1: spider senses are going crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: So let's jump into some DC talk. Cool. Justice League Dark. Yeah. So we spoke last week about particular directors that were rumored for Man of Steel 2. And Doug Lehman was one of the ones we discussed. Yes. He landed the Justice League Dark role. Right. As director. (laughs) Not an actor. (laughs) So that takes him off of Gambit, presumably. Yes. Yes. So Gambit loses another director. Mm-hmm. This
1: movie is just doomed. It's dead. It's it's dead. I think we uh, knew from a while ago. I I, I think when I first uh, pulled the trigger on this movie is after the success of Deadpool. Yeah. You had Deadpool with a budget of what fifty six million. Yeah. And you know and it pulled high numbers. And I think Gambit was projected with a hundred and something plus million to do the movie, which is crazy for a Gambit movie. So I think Fox is taking a step back and be like, do we need this high budget? And I think the project is kind of going downhill from there.
0: Yeah, I agree. And having Channing Tatum on board was a big pull for them, but I think yeah. it's time that he pulls the chute and just says, I'm done with this. Yeah. And jumps to whatever, Marvel or DC or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And picks up a role there, because I'm sure we'll see him in a superhero
1: movie. It's at only a matter of time. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So. Maybe Shazam. <laughs> yeah.
0: This concept of Justice League Dark, so I'm not particularly familiar with it. Mm-hmm. I know Sanjay's a big fan of it, or at least is familiar with the concept. Yeah. And it looks like the team will consist of Constantine, yes. Swamp Thing. Satana, yeah. dead man, and some sort of demon person.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> So it's it's basically Suicide Squad.
1: Yeah, with a little more magical elements. Yeah, originally I think enchantress was part of this team at one point originally okay. i think i that, could be wrong that yeah. makes
0: sense and i think i remember talking about how enchanters didn't fit in the suicide squad it right. would make more sense with i don't know if i said justice like dark explicitly but right. i definitely was talking about this fantastical or supernatural elements yes that she would fit in that more right i'm a little intrigued by this yeah I, I can't say that i'm fully on board right and dc seems to be pumping out a lot of team movies yeah and with the success of suicide squad mm-hmm. we can't underestimate the concept of throwing random characters that the general population has no clue who they are right. as well as having kind of very strange characters in there yeah. and even look at guardians again another example of throwing a team of unknown characters yep. to the general population this has to have some sort of like horror elements to it i would It has to yeah and so how do you bring a more lighthearted tone that they tried to capture with suicide squad into something that should be more like i'm going to say scary or yeah. <laughs> horrific or whatever you want to say right, right. So I don't know, really know how they're going to broach this and how they're going to produce a, a, a full movie with in Swamp Thing. I guess they had Killer Croc, so yeah. it's a hard character. They, they, to... they
1: better go CG with that character. Yeah. they have to. They can't. They can't pull back with the practical effects. And they definitely need a better villain this time through. Well, and transfers anyway. would have worked for that, <laughs> right? <laughs> kind yeah. of maybe. Yeah, it'll be interesting though. You know, uh, Constantine's getting another shot on the big screen. He didn't have much success on the small screen. Everybody liked the actor, but yeah. the show just wasn't that good. But I'm really intrigued to see how dead Man, how they're going to play out Dead Deadman and Constantine. I think those two could be a hit.
0: Who's Deadman? I have no clue who that is.
1: He's, uh, he, well, he's basically a dead character. He's like a ghost character. Don't know, like, a super lot about him. I just think he has a cool look, but I hope they don't change too much of it. Okay. Um, we'll see how that goes. I believe he can possess other people, too, and do certain things of, like, the living. Okay. So... He'll be interesting, yeah. yeah. I think he's a man out for revenge as well, so... Okay. Yeah. So
0: these are more heroes, right? They're not villains? Yeah, they're not villains,
1: yeah. yeah. Whereas Suicide Squad were, you know, your, your villains working for the government there, so... Okay, well, yeah. it's yeah. interesting. It'll and, be, yeah.
0: you know, this this Doug Lehman, he did... Um, uh, Born. Born Identity. Yeah, Born Identity, yeah. and he also did that movie with Tom Cruise, Emily
1: Blunt... Yeah. Oh, Edge of Tomorrow. Tomorrow, yeah. I love that movie. Edge of Tomorrow, yes. Yes, 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 he did do that. You're right. Live, die, repeat. Or whatever yes, was yeah. Or all you need is kill or whatever yeah. you want to call it. <laughs> so um, that'll be interesting to see. It's just going to be tough for these guys to bring these characters again because I don't think DC's had much success with ensembles. Even just three characters, Wonder Woman, Batman, mm-hmm. Superman, they've had a hard time let alone taking on another big uh, group of heroes.
0: Yeah, they haven't had success bringing maybe a critically or even well put together movie. Right. But they're killing it out of the box office. They are. They are. They,
1: they are. Yeah, they're, do, they're doing pretty good. They, they picked a good month yes. to release this movie too. <laughs> yeah.
0: So it would be interesting to keep an eye on this. I have no idea what type of release date this is looking at. I'm assuming we're probably two, three years away from a release date on this. Yeah. And I don't know if this takes the spot of a cyborg movie in 2020 because when you look at the slate, you look on Reddit and a few other sites, there's all these different rumored movies that are filling up the DC slate and you've Mm -hmm. seen other movies drop off. Yeah. So I'm wondering if they're going to start combining more characters together like a flash cyborg. Yes. It was kind of rumored or Aquaman and someone else. Yeah. And just going from there and trying to slot in say, Man is Steel 2 mm-hmm. or even The Batman.
1: Yeah, yeah we'll, have to, we'll have to see how that goes.
0: So, yeah. speaking of The Batman, yeah. Ben Affleck on a social media account mm-hmm. released a very interesting video.
1: He sure did.
0: <laughs> Got the fan base just freaking
1: out. Yep, count me in.
0: So, Slade Wilson, yes. Deathstroke. Again, another character I'm not completely familiar with. I yep. know he did make an appearance on... Green Arrow, correct? yep,
1: that's right. So on the TV show. And he's great on there. Yeah. Yeah. Great great
0: feedback. Yeah, so this video consisted of Destro just kind of sauntering towards the screen and there's kind of a zoom in on his eye. Yeah. And it seems to be Ben Affleck with his phone or whatever videoing it on a monitor. Right. Which gives the impression that they're actively filming something. Right. Because when I first saw it, I was like, oh, this must be some sort of test footage. Right. They're testing the costume or the look Mm -hmm. or whatever. But this looks like it might be part of Justice League.
1: Yeah, he could have an appearance in there. And and i got to say, this guy's costume looks great. It looks like a thousand times better already than the version that we saw in Arrow. Granted, the budget's bigger... But um, this this makes a lot of sense and this actually this piece of news has me most excited now for the DC Universe like I'm, I'm fully invested again because I I think it's pretty clear I wasn't really pleased with BBS <laughs> or uh, Suicide Squad but Deathstroke is such a great villain for Batman intellectually um, fighting wise he, he's great he's an assassin right or, or a mercenary more so to say so to see those two go toe to toe is just going to be something else and I'm glad it's not the Joker we're getting away from villains that we don't normally see Batman fight right
0: yeah so this seems like a villain that's more of a physical threat Someone that can go Toe to toe with him He's got Definitely. the suit Yeah And maybe the intelligence Yes So I, I'd like to think myself I'm, That I'm familiar enough With Batman's rogue gallery And this yeah. is a character That
1: I'm not familiar with mm-hmm. As far as a Batman villain Right Is he a traditional Batman villain You know it's funny He's actually a Teen Titans villain okay yeah originally and originally uh dick grayson's nightwing and him actually have some conflict so it's it's kind of interesting that they're bringing him into the more of the batman world um we did have the the video game batman arkham origins where they introduced Deathstroke in that world and he was like batman's well he's one of batman's bigger enemies in that video game and they've been uh they've been kind of working at it since that he's more of like a gotham presence so, okay yeah
0: so is he kind of like a, another vigilante or is he no he's a mercenary he's a mercenary, he's a mercenary right? but more so, he's...
1: more so bad than than good
0: okay yeah so that's, it's going to be interesting to see how they progress this that, mm. and I, I just don't know how he's going to feed into the Justice League I yeah because think... he's not
1: a big enough threat to take on the Justice League mm. not unless yeah I don't know if we, it'd have to be something very brief maybe even an after credit scene I don't know how they're going to pull that off with the Justice League, but it has to be the Justice League to see this character in, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's because I thought really they're going to go down the path with the Batman movie was I was hoping for maybe a prequel. Right. That kind of gets into the stuff that's teased in Batman v Superman Mm -hmm. and going forward probably in Justice League. Yeah. But I guess this looks like it's going to be a sequel or something that's set beyond Batman v Superman, beyond Justice League. It's looking that way. Yeah. It's going to be kind of more of an individual Gotham threat. Right. So yeah. are you disappointed? I know you said that you, you're kind of liking that you're getting away from the Joker, maybe yeah. away from the less physical threats and the more intellectual, psychological threats. Yeah. Are you kind of disappointed that you're not going to see maybe Jared Leto's Joker as the main villain for this? Because people are kind of hoping for that, but yeah. the, the reception of Suicide Squad, particularly his role and how it was chopped up, yeah. maybe they've pulled away from that. Or it could be the fact that he's maybe going to have two villains or whatever. That's but true. Would you like to see the Joker or do you want to see something completely different, something off the board that we haven't seen before?
1: yeah i definitely uh I, I like the decision that we're getting away from from joker because again i wasn't uh, really convinced with this, with this joker we'll leave it at that so to have deathstroke fully on board is cool i hope if they do this character that they don't throw in a bunch of other villains i don't think we need that i think it'd be just cool to see batman one-on-one you could you know you can maybe have kind of something like they did with the video game where there's assassins that have been hired to go after batman and deathstroke just happens to be one of them but yeah. he's he's a, he's a bigger threat than the other six or four or whatever assassins you have I still, I was still still Riddler though I think Riddler would be a pretty cool villain for Batman and, and we could really get a detective film out of Batman for the first time because we've been lacking that I, I think right?
0: yeah and that's what I was really hoping for the third installment of the Nolan trilogy yes was the Riddler right but I guess they had to get away from more of these psychological and kind of intellectual threats yes. and moving towards a physical threat in Bane Which Mm -hmm. this seems to be going that direction I think with the fighting style that we saw in Batman v Superman particularly in the scene on the docks when he's saving Superman's mother Mm -hmm. and just how brutal he is. I want to see more of that. Exactly. And if Deathstroke's the villain that they need to bring in to produce fight scenes like that, Mm -hmm. something that's a lot more intense, a lot more physical and when he hits them, it feels real. Right. Yeah. And so I'd really like to see something like that and then if even because Bane mm-hmm. in the Dark Knight Rises, yeah. it was more of a one sided kind of lopsided fight until mm-hmm. you got to the steps there, and they're kind of beating the shit out of yeah, each other. Yeah,
1: they had a city brawl. Going yeah, the whole, on that there. was I always like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I always like that. Yeah, um, it's cool too because this kind will kind of bring it down a notch too. Because we saw you know Batman going up against a god. Now we get something a little more street level, something a little more realistic, kind of like what you're going there. Yeah, going, and I think up.
0: that's what you need for the Batman. I think we need to drop this down to again. Let's produce a real Batman movie. Yeah. And something that's, again, hitting on that physical nature. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like the idea, too, of seeing him do more detective work. Yeah. Not just shooting a bullet at a brick <laughs> right. in an underground bunker <laughs> or whatever. You know, just yeah, going out there. And this might be, again, a character that could be doing that. Like, I'm hoping that he's a smart villain. He's he not, is. He is. Yeah, he's Here not he just yeah. a, a guy that's there to punch and kick, yeah. right? Yeah, definitely. And that could actually punch and kick back. <laughs> I'm excited for this movie, mm-hmm. for The Batman, if right. that's if what's going to be called. Yeah. And when they finally announce this. And the fact that Ben Affleck is, is helming it. We talked about directors last week, mm-hmm. and he was on one of your, your lists there. Yep. And again, he's one of the ones that I'm really looking forward to, to seeing as far as producing a new DC style of movie.
1: My thoughts exactly. Um, it'll be interesting to see who they're going to cast yeah. as, uh, as, um, as Deathstroke. Yeah, so this I can't remember his name's
0: Joe something other. He was in, um, I don't want to admit that I've seen this movie, <laughs> but the one with Matthew McConaughey and they all strip. Magic, Magic Mike, Mike. yes. Yeah. So he's one of the guys in that, one of the big dudes in that. Oh, okay. He's from one of those vampire shows.
1: Diaries or whatever. Yeah, kind of one of them. He was originally cast as Deathstroke, or? I don't know, that's the rumored oh, okay. casting yeah. for
0: that. So he's a big guy, he's got a big great. presence, cool. he's a fairly good actor.
1: That'll be good, because yeah, on the on the Arrow show there, uh, Manu Bennett, I believe, is the actor that portrayed Deathstroke in the Arrow, and he did a great job. He set that bar pretty high, much like Grant Gustin in that uh, CW universe. So... Um, can't wait to see what happens. Yeah.
0: I'm looking forward to it. I'm still a bit sketchy on how he's going to appear in Justice League. Yeah. Or if what if they've actually started filming parts of the, the Batman. Batman.
1: Yeah, that's true. So
0: I don't know if they would do that without dropping, say, hey, we're going to release it whenever. To get the <laughs> yeah. hype going. But yeah. it's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But there's more likelihood that he's going to show up in Justice yeah. League. <laughs> so Rogue One, man. Oh, yeah. it's We're getting close here. Mm-hmm. We're within months. We're in the next couple of days. We're going to be stepping into September. Oh yeah! Which hopefully means that we're going to get an announcement on Force Friday. Mm-hmm. Still have not seen that. It's killing me.
1: I know. I'm getting a little worried.
0: Yes, me to too. I. Yeah. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. to yeah! It has to. Uh, but it keep seeding a lot of different things with Rogue One here, and I'm actually call it the the actual title Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. Right, <laughs> it's kind of a mouthful. Why it's yeah. not just Star Wars: Cole and Rogue One? Yeah, I don't know. But the director Gareth Edwards, he, he was talking a little bit about the title itself, Rogue One. Mm-hmm. And he had some interesting takes on it. So Rogue One, we know from Empire, is the um, Rogue yeah. Squadron, mm-hmm. and uh, but he had a, a little more insight into the, the film itself, calling it the actual Rogue One. Mm-hmm. So it's it's the film that's kind of more rogue. Right. It's out there, it's, the Outcast. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I thought that was an interesting take, really and it, cool. he, referencing also Jyn Arso's character as being the Rogue One, yes, the rogue person, right? And I thought that was a cool take on the title. And, it is, and because a lot of people don't really know if you're not a true Star Wars fan or a big Star Wars fan, exactly what it means. And I think that's why they've tacked on a Star Wars story. Yeah, (laughs) So people know what the hell that's going on in it. (laughs) But there is some photos. And again, uh, it's one of these things that we try to stay away from the spoilers. But again, these photos were... They're nice photos and they're nothing too crazy. They don't give away too much? No, it's more around that kind of what seems to be either initial prisoner transfer scene or the breakout scene with Jyn Arso. And we get one really nice picture here of death troopers with the director
1: that's the money shot i love that one
0: it looks like the death troopers at least from this photo are at least in some way they're protecting or under the command of the director mm-hmm. man still wish that was thrown
1: oh i know i know <laughs> Killing right? me. i mean rebels i appreciate what you guys are doing but yes. i would really like to see thrown on the big screen oh yeah, yeah.
0: definitely but looking at Rogue One, one thing mm. I stepped back and, and, and looked at the other day was the fact that this is actually a prequel. That's true. And this is a word that's held in pretty low regards amongst a large part of the Star Wars fan base. Mm-hmm. And myself and Troy are not included in that, yeah. I'd have to say. So we thought it'd be kind of fun this week to talk about prequel films, comic books, and books themselves. Yeah. And we're never really going to get into the Star Wars prequel trilogy, mm-hmm. but we're going to save that to the end. That's right. And we're just going to kind of go through this and talk a bit about the concept of a prequel, some of maybe the lesser known prequels, debate a bit about the concept of time travel and how that influences a prequel, origin stories and that sort of thing, and just kind of go through and step through and and just give some uh, insight towards prequel watching. Is it necessary? Is it something that we see value in, Mm -hmm. particularly with the larger cinematic universes that we are seeing nowadays? Mm -hmm. So I think we should uh, jump into that. Jump
1: right into it. Sounds fun.
0: When we're talking about a prequel movie, you know, the very basic definition of it is this concept that it is a sequel of sorts. Mm -hmm. It's a a movie that's come out subsequently after an original foundation of a narrative is told. Yes. But it's set in a time before that original narrative. Mm -hmm. And it's usually focusing either on a younger version of a character... Or picking up a completely different plot line that eventually ties into the the subsequent movies. That's right. Set in the same universe. Yes, exactly. And that's the key, right? It's, Mm -hmm. It's part of a larger continuity of the universe. Yeah. It's become a really popular way to retell stories or tell stories in the same universe without having to go back and revisit some of the stories that have been told or even step on those stories, Mm -hmm. right? Particularly when we're looking at the original trilogy timeline for Star Wars. We'll use this as our example here. (laughs) (laughs) Stick with us here. (laughs) It's you know We're looking at beloved characters, Han, Chewie, Lei, all that. Mm-hmm. I know we've revisited them in The Force Awakens yeah. in, in a sequel sense, but establishing something that's right after is going to be hard to do. So yeah. going back and revisiting different timelines and mm-hmm. telling, say, a Darth Vader story, or going into with Rogue One, right. Young Han Solo movies, that's maybe right. a Ben Kenobi movie. Mm-hmm. These are all prequels of sorts, right? Relative to the original trilogy. Yes. I really like the concept of a prequel. I love it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I love it. I've always loved this idea.
0: Because it's taking plot threads, characters, and expanding them. Even sometimes characters that might have had a minor role in a movie, Mm -hmm. expanding on their origins. That's right. And I really love that because, you know, we love continuity here. And yeah, you know, we're big on expanding the idea of a cinematic universe, yeah. particularly when it comes to Marvel, DC, yeah. Star Wars, all that.
1: Exploring these char- uh, characters exactly,
0: yeah. and we see it in cross media form. We're going into TV, where we're seeing prequels in a sense with Rebels, mm-hmm. and so I know Star Wars is kind of the big example because it's the largest universe. Yeah, and Marvel has a few little things here and there that are maybe more prequel esque. Yeah. When you look at a prequel, one of the common faults that you can see in it, as far as writing goes, yeah. is that the writer's almost more difficult than a sequel. Because a sequel, you have like this progressive, forward-moving narrative, right. and you can adapt and evolve characters within that. But with a prequel, you have to basically fit characters into an already small box, right? That's right. And when it came down to the likes of Anakin, say, in the prequels, it's mm-hmm. you're driving towards something, right? Yeah. And you know what's at the end, and you have to get this character that you want to be likable mm-hmm. to the most evil dude in the universe in three movies, That's right? That's right. That's tough. And so, and you see this all the time with particular characters is that mm-hmm. they're already established and you can't all of a sudden change character motivations mm-hmm. and their attitudes towards things. And, you know, as we go through some of the movies that we're going to talk about, we're going to talk briefly about how continuity wise yeah. things get really screwed up, <laughs> <laughs> particularly with some of these franchises we're going to talk about when we're dealing with prequels. Yeah. And so I think it needs particular writers or a story group or something that keeps an eye on all this, yeah. that allows prequel stories to be told within the same universe, but also not stepping on characters or themes, plots, or ideas that were born in the original movies or yeah. books or whatever, right? Which is, which
1: is what Star Wars is doing so well now, yes. that they have this creators group that watches over everything to make sure that this story is tight, that story is tight, going forward, going behind. and backwards and what have you right yeah Yeah.
0: there's a few terms that i want to throw out there because the the definition of prequels it's it's pretty i would say loose at times Mm -hmm. particularly when it comes to time travel things yes but you also have to look at so there's this concept of prelude Mm -hmm. which is something that's commonly now associated with say a comic book prelude or a prelude in a book that you'll see and this is more or less just an introductory story Right. Right. This isn't necessarily a prequel, right? So you see this a lot with the Marvel Cinematic Universe comic books; they're prelude books. So mm-hmm. they tell a story that leads into the film or whatever. That's right. But it's not actually set in a time you know way before, and it's mm-hmm. not an extensive movie or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference between prelude and prequel. I think prequel is kind of more defined as a larger narrative that yeah. precedes kind of that original story, right?
1: Yeah. And, and these are also released before the movie technically comes out. Exactly. Well. So yeah,
0: sequentially they are in the right order where you have the prelude comic comes out before the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: And then, you know, one of the other things too is this idea of a spinoff versus a prequel. Okay. Yeah. So a spinoff generally from, again, these are our own kind of personal definitions. Everyone might have (laughs) different (laughs) ways of describing these things, right? A spinoff. And I'm going to use the example of uh, Peggy Carter here.
1: Okay. So
0: technically the whole Peggy Carter series is somewhat of a prequel to the established Marvel Cinematic Universe in present day. Yes. But it's more of a spin off from Captain America the First Avenger. Right. Rather than, I would say, a prequel TV series mm-hmm. to the entirety of the Cinematic
1: Universe. Yeah, yeah, you can look at it that way. That's right. So, yeah.
0: and it's, I'm almost blocking some of these. And as we get into more of the Star Wars talk, particularly with the books, I mm-hmm. find that Essentially everything is more or less a prequel to something else, yes. right? It's also a sequel to something, something else. else. Yeah. And so it gets confusing labeling it as a prequel or not. Right. The idea of this, you know, cinematic universe model that every studio seems to be employing now, yeah. we're going to see a lot more of these prequel movies dropping. So oh, we yeah. even have Harry Potter universe. That's right. And I wouldn't doubt if we get something from say a Transformers universe or something like that where it's let's tell an older story Mm -hmm. or a different story that allows us to, you know, still bank on the the main concept of the universe and Mm -hmm. the titles and all that but still progressing a completely different narrative, right? That's right.
1: Uh, the Mummy tried doing it way back in the day of The Scorpion King, Yes, right? they did. They, they that, failed miserably. Yes. <laughs> that is a great example of a prequel that failed yes.
0: to do any justice. Because those original Mummy movies were already right. They weren't bad. Yeah. yeah,
1: you know? Yeah.
0: And yeah. that was like the one of the f- first rock roles as well. Yeah. That the, was the, horrendous. The CGI didn't even look
1: Ooh. finished on the characters. It's just like, we need this movie today is is bad. Yeah. yeah.
0: Let's, let's open it up to... Throwing out some movies here some of our favorites cool. maybe prequels or some of the ones that didn't really do particularly well in <laughs> your own mind i'm gonna start off with a relatively complicated one here cool planet of the apes 2009 no the original planet of the apes series. okay yeah. So this is this is going way back to 1968 which is the original planet of the apes film with charlton hessen was released yes Fantastic movie, great twist
1: end. Oh, I love that with yeah. the spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> Statue of Liberty, <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: So this was followed by a direct sequel to that one, where Charlton Heston kind of is in it, and kind of not. Yeah. Then this is one of the points with time travel. I know it gets you're going really at. confusing. Yeah. So the apes crawl into a ship, yeah. and then they go back in time. Yes. To a time set more or less present day seventies or something like that, mm-hmm. right? And you see kind of, I can't remember the exact, it was escape from the Planet of the Apes Mm. and Conquest and then Battle. This whole time travel thing really makes it difficult. Because because Mm -hmm. the movies came out after the original Planet of the Apes series. Mm -hmm. But then they take place in, as far as the timeline goes, in a much earlier timeline. And then eventually, I guess more or less leads into the Charlton Heston version, right? So it's this weird time loop.
1: This is the loop with uh, Cornelius, I believe. Yes, Cornelius, yeah. And then his son. And his son, yeah, which is Caesar, is it? Caesar, yeah, yes, right.
0: Yeah, so it's yes. it. Cornelius is the and his wife are the ones that go into the spaceship, they yes. go back in time, and then they're killed. Yes. Spoilers for Planet of the Apes. <laughs> and then but the baby saved, Corn- which becomes Caesar. Right. And then Caesar eventually leads the uprising in conquest and battle for Planet of the Apes. Right.
1: But then comes back at it again in 2011. Yes. yes. Which is a different Caesar. Yes.
0: So this reboot. is, I think the 2011 is more considered a reboot. Yeah. Which is a good point because there's some confusion there with the difference between a prequel and a reboot.
1: Well, they actually said, no, it, it is a prequel. And, and if, if you watch the movie again, you see when Charles Heston's yeah, character. Yeah,
0: Icarus. I think it's, is it called the Icarus? Something I think like, it's called the Icarus, the ship, right? Yeah, the ship. But you see
1: those guys take off. Yeah. So is this a reboot in its own way or like a recon?
0: I think, yeah. like I think, it was a reboot using a similar story element. Oh, okay. and I don't know if that was just a nod to the oh, original right. movie,
1: yeah,
0: or it, it it very well could be, yeah. But I don't know <laughs> because my thought was that the original Planet of the Apes, the the apes coming to power was a result of Caesar being right. present and then them being used as pets, right? And then him leading the uprising. Where the Planet of the Apes movie from two thousand eleven, I believe, yeah is that disease that kills
1: everyone and makes the apes smarter. Right. Yeah, because it's kind of weird I think Planet of the Apes uh, 2, was there a nuke? A nuke took out most of the humans? I think it was, it was that like disease. It was, it was the disease Cause at Because
0: the, there's an end credit scene on the original, on the Planet of the Apes from 2011 with James Franco. Yes. Where the pilot that lives next door or whatever, he got sneezed on by a buddy. And then he goes to an airport. Yeah. And then you just see the airport flying place to place. And it, that's how the disease spread so fast. Which is really scary because... Air travel, (laughs) if there's ever a disease, it would be everywhere (laughs) in moments. Right. So I think those ones in terms of the actual movies were a a solid reboot. Right.
1: Of that series. And the Mark Wahlberg is completely somewhere else. Completely different. (laughs) Another reboot, failed reboot.
0: But yes, and it it does play on similar elements that Mark Wahlberg reboot. But I think in a weird sort of way, Mm -hmm. those three Planet of the Apes movies are actually prequels. And I really enjoyed that series.
1: I loved it. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: It's something that, again, I say this one every time, but it's another one of my dad and I's movies. Nice.
1: That, you know, when it's on, we watch it. Nice. It's, it's classic. Number one is awesome.
0: Yeah, it's so good. Sticking with the, the theme of reboots yep. that are actually prequels and a little bit of time travel, how about the X-Men series?
1: X-Men First Class.
0: Yes, it is. So yeah. that was originally intended to be a reboot. Right. And it was more or less retconned back into being a prequel. Right. <laughs> and continuity-wise... <laughs> This is all sort all over the map. We've discussed this. You've been working on this one. I have been working yes. on this one. Eventually I will reveal my solution to the X-Men timeline. Nice. This thing this bothers me to no end. <laughs> the fact that this is a prequel, mm-hmm. it really hurts my insides and my brain. Right. The fact that they just didn't take the time to work out the details for continuity and I get it. Yeah. It's because it was originally intended to be a reboot. Right. And it wasn't meant to be part of that, that continuity, that universe, mm-hmm. that they, it was established with the 2000 version yes. of the X-Men, right? Yeah. The Bryan Singer. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. Even before that, we had Wolverine Origins, Yeah, which again, steps all over continuity. It's a big mess. But it's a prequel. And this, this comes back to this idea of writers having to take really good care because you have so much set up in front of you mm-hmm. that you have to work into. Yeah. And Fox, for whatever reason, doesn't do this. <laughs> but I've taken it upon myself. To fix the X-Men timeline. Nice. This is going to involve slight tweaking of dates yeah. and events, <laughs> but I'm going to do it.
1: I can't wait to it see this. It allows
0: the elimination of certain characters and explains why other characters are present. Yeah. It's not easy, Yeah. but it all revolves around Days of Future Past, right? So Days of
1: Future Past is the one that changes it all because yeah. there's some weird stuff even going with Emma Frost's character Yes. from Origins. First class makes no sense, right? No sense. Yeah. But we'll see if I can make sense. Can't wait for you to crack <laughs> that one. <Some> <laughs> yeah.
0: But again, coming back to X-Men Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. this is a prequel and a sequel. Mm-hmm. So it takes place in the far-flung future of the 2000 x Men's, yeah. as well as the past. Yeah. And in the first class timeline, more or less, if yeah. you want to call it that.
1: Yeah, that's right. So and also a retcon, too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It's fixing a lot of things. Yeah.
0: So, and it, yeah, it's actually rebooting the whole universe in a sense, For right? sure. So yeah. it's like everything. <laughs> that is immensely confusing. It is.
1: That's that's something else.
0: And that's why, again, time travel, has. It, how does it factor in here? And the next mm-hmm. one that we're talking about, again, has something to do with time travel. Oh, yeah. As far as soft rebooting, but actually acting as a prequel so that you don't screw up continuity and piss off the fan base. Right.
1: How about Star Trek? Yeah, 2009. Yes. Yeah. I think this one done probably the best of any other retcon, reboot, prequel, whatever you want to call it. This one was done and handled so well, but yet there's still kind of a weird response. I think majority of the people love this movie, but a lot of the hardcore Star Trek guys were kind of like, this isn't Star Trek. Yes. Right?
0: And they continue to play off that, even into Star Trek Beyond. Yes. We get the photo, right? Right. You see the original cast there. And you're meant to think that these younger characters are actually the younger versions of what you saw in the original Star Wars. (laughs) Oh, no. Whoops. (laughs) The original Star Trek universe. (laughs) Star Wars on the brain. But... Again, it's using time travel to soft reboot and yeah. basically splay off a different timeline. Yeah. So this allows you to keep the original timeline. So that's your original Star Trek, your generations, your next yes. generation, and all that other stuff that happens there. And you're creating a completely different timeline. Yeah. But it's, in a sense, it's a prequel movie. Yeah. And so are all the other ones that follow it. Right. And they're sequ- sequentially sequels to each other. Mm-hmm. But they're prequels. They're set before and maybe concurrently with some of the other Star Trek stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they're they're fundamentally prequels.
1: Yeah, which is great because it gives, you know, the director and the studios to do whatever they please with this universe. While all the star, the hardcore Star Trek guys can still hold on to what they loved with the original movies, right? Exactly.
0: They've essentially removed that issue of trying to build into a character or theme or whatever. Yes. And they've just allowed themselves to progress the narrative forward, the characters forward, without having to worry about, well, at some point, Kirk's got to do this. Yes. And he's got to get here, here, and here, right? Yeah. And we you completely avoid all yeah, that.
1: Yeah, gives them more liberties. I love it. Exactly, yeah. and it's a
0: very effective way of doing it. Mm-hmm. Time travel.
1: Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> this one's a weird one. Godfather Part Two prequel slash sequel. So
0: I, I have something to admit. Yeah, I've never seen Godfather. Part You've two. Never seen.
1: God- have you seen part one? Yeah, and I guess you haven't seen part three, obviously. Then no. <laughs> part two is this is probably you know what? this is funny this is probably one of the best prequels you'll ever find and it's probably one of the best sequels you'll ever find because it's two in one so this movie is set after godfather one obviously but you get flashbacks of the godfather from part one you get to see him rise up played by a young um robert de niro thank you very much yes so it's a really cool storyline you get to see a bit of both worlds right definitely recommend checking this movie out yeah so you you skip part three though (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: so you say flashback yes it's it's another mechanism used to show you how a Character's current motivations are built in the past. Yes. So when you say prequel slash sequel, mm-hmm. is there a good majority of the movie that's set in the
1: past? Yes.
0: So okay, yeah. so it's a long. It's more of a narrative in itself. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's not like a. I think Indiana Jones did it with Young Indiana Jones, right? Yeah. Like that's pretty brief. Yeah. So that's yeah.
0: that's almost like a prelude or whatever. Exactly. Right?
1: Yeah. This is like a lot of going back and forth, back and forth. And I think they kind of use a cool filter when it's Robert De Niro's character. To make it like a little more black and white almost. Okay. So you get a sense of like the olden days. So yeah, it's a good movie. Check it out. But I de- it definitely falls under a prequel list, but definitely a sequel as well. Yeah. It's, it's right down the middle. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so confusing all the terminology.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. so the second installment yeah. of the Indie Trilogy yes. is a prequel. That's which right. Which is immensely confusing. And I <laughs> yes. did not find this out until like, I don't know, it must have been 10 years ago. But yeah. when, when you watch them as a kid, you don't even think about that, right? Mm-hmm. And Indy's quite a bit of a different character in that movie than mm-hmm. he is in Raiders of the Lost Ark and The Last Crusade. That's right. He doesn't really care about much. <laughs> <laughs> kind of a ladies' man. Always yeah. been kind of a ladies' yeah. man. Yeah. I, I think it's probably the, the poorest of the three. I love all three of them. Mm-hmm. But definitely Raiders and Last Crusade are much better movies. Yes. I don't know why they went the direction of a prequel with this.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. Like, This is George Lucas's property as yes. well, obviously. Do, did he ever come out saying why he chose to make number so, two, number zero? Yeah, I so
0: I guess one of the ideas that was thrown out there was that he didn't want to use the Nazis... As the villains again. Okay. And if you're setting movies, particularly in that time frame, Indiana Jones, Raiders Lost Ark was set in 1936, I believe. Okay. And so you're in that time frame where world's setting up for World War II, right? Right. And you get Last Crusade where you're just before the start of World War II, right? The mm-hmm. rise of Hitler and all that. And again, the Nazis are the, the enemy. Yes. And so stepping back into 1935, mm-hmm. which, which Temple of Doom was set, geopolitically, the landscape was very different in 1935 in southeast asia than it was in 1937 so you have a very aggressive japanese military coming in so i don't know if you didn't have the liberties as far as a setting whereas going back a year yeah. it's again the landscape's a lot different and you're able to use different villains so i don't know mm-hmm. you read about some of this stuff too and the characterization of indiana jones and apparently george lucas and spielberg are going through like pretty nasty divorces in that and no so way see, yeah i guess a lot of that reflected in the character
1: oh okay but
0: the one thing that does bother me and this again comes back to the concept of the writing into a character so they're writing temple of doom into raiders of the lost ark and see a big difference in indiana jones and in raiders he talks about when he's going after the ark of the covenant mm-hmm. he doesn't believe in I can't camera exactly how it says this, but the magic and mumbo jumbo and all that stuff yeah where temple of doom you know he sees a guy pull another guy's the heart of his chest <laughs> And so again, it's that characterization and it's pulling through a common characterization of Indiana Jones from movie to movie and and not just ignoring that. And I felt that that was kind of mishandled a bit in that movie, Mm -hmm. but overall still a great flick.
1: Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, they're all quite superior from the last uh, Indiana Jones movie. Oh yeah. We're not not even going (laughs) to include that in any sort of discussion.
0: It does fall under the term sequel. Yeah. But again, it's, it's not something that, uh, that is favorite amongst us Indiana Jones Yeah, we don't, fans. We don't talk about okay. that family member. So, yeah, it's a good thing that you brought up about Young Indiana Jones, yeah. too. Because there's a spinoff series as well, TV series. Yeah.
1: Played by the young um, River Phoenix River Phoenix, yes. yeah. yeah
0: And so he's in the movie And then I believe he played him in the TV series I, I think well. he did, yeah And so that's all actually a prequel TV series yeah. Relative to the, the whole Indiana Jones film trilogy yeah. Whereas the I would consider At least the portion in The Last Crusade Is more of a prelude story right. Where you're getting at least some insight Into a past adventure of Indiana Jones And I think that was almost kind of like A weird test thing for a young Indiana Jones right. movie Or
1: TV, uh, TV series. series Yeah, totally agree
0: I'm gonna throw one out here. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see uh, your reaction. All right, Captain America: The First Avenger. Yeah. Do you consider this a prequel?
1: I thought about that when we were trying to make this list, actually. And I, you know, it's funny because Marvel's universe is just so broad and big. You kind of you kind of forget about prequels in this yeah. universe, right? But technically, yeah, it's it's for sure a prequel. Yeah. Does it do much setting up? To it's it's hard to say because. Does it set up a lot of Iron Man 1? Because you have to think of Iron Man 1 being like the yeah. beginning of this whole Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. So does it set up a lot of that movie? Not necessarily, but it still does take place before yeah. all this kind of stuff.
0: You're right. It's not really a prequel to Iron Man. Right. But in a sense, too, you got Howard Stark in yeah, there. that's right. And Stark Industries. Right. And that's more of a nod to the cine- broader cinematic universe. Yes. Than it is kind of establishing Tony Stark and and all that. But yeah. I would consider this a prequel because, right. you know, by the basic definition, it's it's a movie that's come out after, you know, Iron Man one, yep. two, Thor, and all that, but it's set in a previous time within the same continuity, that's right. and it kind of builds up the whole cinematic universe itself. Yeah. So it wasn't until I started putting this together that I was like, "This is actually a prequel movie." I've never really thought of it that way.
1: Hands down, yeah. No, that's interesting. That Captain America has always kind of been. I guess it's kind of been like the first man of a prequel. I guess. Well, it's, it depends how you look at it with his comics, because when his comics were re- were released it was in like the proper order and then yes. he got capped back after his time yeah, yeah.
0: he, he kind of dies <laughs> yeah. or is frozen in the ice and then right. he comes back 20 years later yeah. or whatever because his original comic run was during World War II
1: that's right and
0: then he comes back
1: it's kind of yeah. like the first man to be retconned I yeah guess. exactly yeah.
0: yeah he's retconned back into the to the series yeah and that's I mean, maybe we talk a bit about here about uh, comic books because mm-hmm. you see a lot of prequel-esque sort of things and I think comic books are a bit harder to kind of nail down as far as what's a prequel to what because there's no kind of definitive baseline story like you do have your your normal continuity yeah. but they're always putting out books of you know old cap stories yeah, you know, set in the you know in the war times yeah. or batman year one exactly yeah. and so i guess technically as far as the character goes these are would be considered modern day prequels to but again some of those are set in weird timelines yeah. and the fact that that comic books themselves have this weird shifting timeline that everything happens basically within the last 10 years. Yeah. And so it makes it really hard to kind of go in and fit comic books into kind of more of a definitive prequel.
1: Yeah, it's tough because I was thinking about that too. It's good, good thing that you brought that up because currently, right now, we have The Amazing Spider Man going on, but then they've also done like a recon prequel, which is just called, titled Spidey, which is yeah. him in his high school years and it's, you know, his first encounters with Green Goblin, yada, yada, but he's like 16. So, is that a prequel or is that a retcon? Because they're retelling his stories that we've yeah. already kind of read in Amazing Fantasy and whatnot, right? Maybe, yeah, I, I don't know what you really call that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, I would yeah, maybe lump that more into kind of retconning a story. Yeah. So they're kind of massaging it into more of a present day story, yes, right? Yes, exactly,
1: a modern telling. Yeah. yeah,
0: and so they're kind of, again, it's a sliding time because it's all supposed to kind of be the same story. Right. But I think going in and retelling it, and they've done this with a lot of characters, oh, right? Yeah. And establishing more or less new origins for them. And so being that they're kind of loose with the continuity in comic books to a degree. Yeah. Because there's so many comic books. There's so many stories. Keeping a tight leash yeah. on any of this is going to be impossible. Yeah. And so actually having your foundational narrative. I don't know what you would point to for a particular character. Because you have stuff all over
1: the place. Yeah. I think you kind of go with the original, right? In yeah. a way like what you already know. So... Bruce Wayne, his parents were shot and killed outside of a movie theater, yeah. watching Zorro. You, you, you stick to that. Down the road, they might kind of change it, but everybody knows like, the classic origin yeah. story of that hero or heroine, right?
0: Yeah, and so that's the difference between going back and retelling an origin story mm-hmm. and going back and telling a story that includes that character or involves that character before, before exactly. the actual establishment. So a yeah. lot of these characters, particularly Batman, yeah. they, that was established when he was a kid, right? Yeah. And so they're kind of, I guess, sort of doing that in Gotham. Yes, where they're kind of doing kind of a prequel TV series to an eventual Batman. That's right. right? Yeah, and they were kind of retelling the whole origin of not only the villains mm-hmm. but also of Bruce Wayne, Commissioner Gordon, and all that. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a whole. I don't. I, yeah, you'd almost call that a prequel. Series. Yeah,
1: yeah. Going off comics, actually, you know, you just reminded me Wolverine. Wolverine was one of the longest heroes for a long time that we never had an origin. Yeah, we never knew where this guy came from, where he got his claws from. I can't remember if his not only be two thousand, we got Wolverine Origins when it goes back to where he's born in Canada, and you, you get an origin story of this yeah. of this character. So it's it's kind of funny how this this works when it comes to comics. It's 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 a little tricky to follow, and that's the difference between you know an origin story, say like Batman Begins. Yeah,
0: I, that's another one that we should talk about here quickly. Yeah, yeah good call. Is is because Batman Begins, when you look at it, it's reestablishing the character, retelling the origins, right to a degree, mm-hmm. and those are origins that were set up in year one, the comic book, and all that, right? Yeah, but. The end stinger with the Joker card, yeah, Joker. If this movie had flopped, yeah, they could have said, Well, that's you know, the origin story of Batman and the prequel to Michael Keaton's, yeah, Michael Keaton's. That's what I always
1: thought because, right.
0: and they could have done that, but yeah. now that they've kind of splayed off with you know, Ledger's Joker and all that, and they've told a different story, yeah, that in itself is a contained universe because they've gone back and retold the origins and the way they ended that movie, yeah. It could have been a prequel. To- it very
1: well could have. And I don't know if they necessarily planned on making a trilogy or a sequel to that movie. But I always thought when this movie, you know, because it's called Batman Begins, I always did assume it was, you know, the prequel to 89 Batman. Yeah. I just always assumed that. And then, when, like you said, it ended with the Joker card or the yeah. security guard whatever. I was like, okay, cool. Now I know the rest of the story. Yeah. That's interesting. It, it
0: sets up. It's That's what I consider a reboot. Yeah. yeah so it's gone and... Reestablished the origins, but then kind of went off on their own mm-hmm. different cinematic universe, if you will. That's right. A contained universe. Yeah. So one movie that's kind of on tap, coming down the pipe here with comic book movies, is Wonder Woman. Okay. So that's going to be, I believe, a prequel.
1: Yeah, I, you, that would be the first prequel, I guess, in this whole uh, DC extended universe. Yeah, wouldn't it? yeah,
0: because it looks like it's going to be set, you know, way in the past, right. and then I guess a good chunk of it's going to be set in around World War One. Mm-hmm. So again, you've established a character, you've established more or less motivations, yeah. and you've seen her in action and all that, and we're going to see Justice League after Wonder Woman. Yes. So we're gonna get kind of a prequel, then a sequel. So a lot yeah. of Wonder Woman coming down the pipe. Yeah. In both kind of retelling the origin story. So in film, I think it's easier to say the origin story if it's if she's introduced in a in another movie like Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. Going back, I would consider that a prequel.
1: Absolutely agree. Yeah. So good stuff. Oh, sorry. One uh, one shadow uh, hook. Love that prequel. Yeah, I guess you'd have to consider it a prequel.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. so the Pan
1: story. The Pan story. That's
0: a great movie. It's
1: a great movie. Unfortunately, the 2015 Pan movie. That was a horrible prequel. So like, that that
0: was a prequel to what exactly?
1: Well, I guess it is originally is I guess it's kind of trying to retell the story that the, the novel is based off of yeah. because we all know like the, the Peter Pan book. Yeah. But then the novel that the 2015 pad book was based off of actually was a prequel oh, okay. to that story where you know, Peter's an orphan, explains how he gets to Neverland, explains how he flies, and oh, yada, yada. Okay. I've
0: not seen that movie. Yeah, don't
1: bother. <laughs> when, when you have a movie uh, singing Teen Spirit from Nirvana, you, you just got to walk away. Oh, so, no. Yeah, stick to Hook. There's that's there's
0: so much potential with Hugh Jackman as Blackbeard. I know. One, right?
1: I know. And, and the fact that we're getting Blackbeard as a villain instead of Hook yeah. because you see Hook's origin story in this movie, right? And okay. he's uh, he does a lot of that Jared Leto pirate talking no. business. So yeah. stay away from that movie.
0: Have <laughs> you ever seen Finding Neverland?
1: Yeah, with Johnny Depp.
0: Yeah. yeah, That's a fantastic movie. I like that movie because
1: yeah. it explains how he like, came up with the story yeah, of exactly. Neverland. Yeah, that's yeah. a good one. That's a good one. Nice,
0: nice. So, all right, man. Shall we wade into the prequels?
1: Oh, yeah, because this is what I live for. I love, you know, doing this every week and just diving into Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it.
0: So, this really brought the term prequel to the public knowledge, yes. right? It brought it to the forefront of your average moviegoer. These were dubbed the prequel trilogy, right? Yes. This is The Phantom Menace, yeah. Attack of the Clones, yeah. and Revenge of the Sith. Yes. And like we said at the top, this is something that is going to be debated until the end of time. Oh yeah. And because we're getting so many prequel movies coming down the pipe with Star Wars, these other movies I think deserve another look, right? Yeah. And you and I are particularly we're not in that boat of prequel
1: haters. No, definitely not.
0: And the one thing that that kind of spurred us to talk about this was there's a trailer that dropped that call was called The Prequel Strike Back. Right. So go check out that trailer on YouTube. It's a, it's a fan story. Right. Fantastic trailer. Yeah, the trailer looks awesome. It's got a lot of very popular YouTubers. Yes. Kevin Smith's in there. Yeah,
1: spontaneous wave. Check these guys out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And it's it's discussing I get, from a different perspective. We've heard the perspective that the prequels aren't good mm-hmm. and that the true Star Wars fans, if you will, hate the prequels. Yeah. And that's not the case here no. at all. And I think it's going to be a cool perspective, cool spin on things, yeah. seeing it from a different side. And I don't know if they're going with a generational thing, because that was something that was touched on in the trailer itself, Yeah, was that a different generation grew up with the prequels, mm-hmm. and they didn't have the basis of the original stories, the attachment to the original Star Wars trilogy. That's right. And so they, that's their Star Wars, mm-hmm. the prequel trilogy, right? And so they're growing up defending it. And I'm really interested to see, I don't know if, how it's going to be released, if it's going to be released on YouTube or iTunes or something like right. that, this actual kind of documentary that mm-hmm. they've done. But it's going to be interesting to see if they go with that generational. Is there going to be younger people that are defending these things? Right. Because you and I kind of walked that fine line of seeing the original Star Wars trilogy, but we weren't there when it dropped in theaters. No. I mean, we saw it with the special edition. Yeah.
1: But we were born into the anticipation of the prequel. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So
0: we had that anticipation yes. going into it that yeah. this was a humongous thing. Right. It was almost unmatchable anticipation for this yeah. right
1: because there's always been whispers of the prequels and the clone wars yes. everybody wants to see these yeah, and remember.
0: george lucas wrote nine movies right? with the intention of making nine movies That's he's right. gonna do one every three years or whatever and then he was gonna stop for three years and yes. then he's gonna do go back and do three more right and there's a lot actually on the book how stars conquer the universe cool. they touch on this a lot about the concept of did he actually ever have them written or is it just concepts Right. Or he kind of just said, ah, I have something in mind for Darth Vader and I want right. to do an origin story. Right. And so this is something that's kind of been debated and going on, even if it the concept was there going back into the 80s in that. Right. And then this was 20 years in the making wow. for a prequels. And this is something that, again, had never really been done before. There right. are prequel mm-hmm. movies that kind of exist in that time frame, but nothing to this scale. Yeah. Not close. And, and going back and retelling the origins of of one of the most popular cinematic villains of all time, all time the
1: best yes yeah. so
0: that rose this to the the top of 1999 the kind of this was going to be the biggest movie of all time right biggest prequel of all time of all
1: time, everybody wants to see that turn yes how did this man become so bad why was he in this suit you know you want to know more about Anakin Skywalker this uh and, and you want to know more about the climate between him and Obi-Wan Kenobi that you hear about in episode yeah. four right
0: And there's so much to the prequels. And we're not going to go into any detail. Maybe someday down the road we'll go into individual movie reviews or discuss in a lot of detail. Nice. But let's just kind of pull out some of the things that we think that that the series of movies were really successful at. As far as establishing this idea, this concept of prequels leading into a much larger narrative that is the original trilogy Star Wars. So one thing that I always really liked and was always curious about was Stormtroopers. Yes. The origin of Stormtroopers. And we do get a bit of that here. And again, yeah. it's, it's a bit confusing at times mm-hmm. if the original trilogy Stormtroopers are clones. I don't think they are. No. They seem to have shifted away from that. Yeah, they
1: shift away. Yeah, definitely.
0: And then more into a, a trained army. Yeah. But it was really cool seeing the evolution and even the inclusion of what appears to be some more, more of a Mandalorian armor. Yeah. They kind of inspired, you could say, the the not the Force Awakens, but the original trilogy Stormtrooper mm-hmm. outfit. And you see that in the clones, right? Yeah. And I really like seeing that evolution of the, the concept of the stormtrooper. You see the helmets change in every movie. Right. And then eventually we get up into what we're kind of more familiar with, right? That's right.
1: Yeah, no, I love that aspect. Especially, I mean, I guess we'd have to count the Clone Wars TV series yes. in there too, which really dives in um, the clone troopers, right? And even going into Rebels, you really get more of an understanding of uh, the original trilogy stormtroopers. Yeah. Exactly. Right? So I, I always love that aspect of, uh, of the prequels of the original tr- or the prequel trilogy um, for me the score I, yeah. I love the score every movie um, yeah. episode 1, 2, and 3 the score is just brilliant Duel of Fates yeah. when I first heard that and saw it on the big screen Darth Maul Qui-Gon Jinn Qui-Gon Jinn whatever you want to say and a young Obi-Wan Kenobi just it blew yeah. me away
0: that is yeah that fight scene too with Darth Maul yes and again
1: exploring more of the,
0: the origins of the Sith yes right because yes. that's something that in the original trilogy you got kind of the concept towards Return of the Jedi yeah but again, this kind of rule of two, yeah, and kind of exploring Darth Maul and kind of the origin story of Darth Sidious, yes, which eventually turns into the Emperor,
1: right? And the relationship between apprentice, what would you say, master? Yeah, guess, master right, right? Because yeah. I don't think in the originals they ever actually lay the word Sith. You never actually hear that. You no, hear Dark Side. I think
0: in the novelization, maybe probably drop it. Yeah, they drop it. Yeah, uh, but I can't remember exactly when Sith was actually dropped. But that's yeah. no, it's not in the yeah, original. It's not in the original.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, that that was always cool and. um it's unfortunate we didn't get enough Darth Maul on the big screen. Yes yeah, it is after that. But that fight that fight's so great because it kind of takes you in and out, you know, those moments where they pause gives the audience a chance yeah. to kind of react what's going on here and then gets right back into the action, right? Brilliant scene. So did you
0: think again this is waiting a bit into looking at more of the elements in the movie but mm-hmm. I was always hoping for a an older Vader, or an older Anakin.
1: Like more of a man as opposed to yeah, like a
0: starting off as a child, at least maybe starting oh, okay. off and maybe Hayden Christian isn't the right choice, whatever, mm-hmm. but maybe starting off his age in Attack of the Clones.
1: Yeah, you know, at the time I, it didn't really bother me, yeah. but going back into it, The Phantom Menace, I always thought Anakin should have been like a, a teenager that should have been already in the Jedi, the Jedi Academy, right? As yeah. opposed, opposed to being like an eight-year-old, ten-year-old kid. Yeah. Right? And then we would have just sped up the process, so when we got to episode three, we we'll have had more of a man turning into Darth Vader as opposed to a guy in the mid-twenties yeah. turning into Darth Vader. Right? Yeah.
0: I think that's one of the the downfalls of the prequels is that we never truly get that Darth Vader story that I think we all wanted. Yeah. And the elements that are in Revenge of the Sith I like, mm-hmm. but if that was seated maybe in Attack of the Clones a little earlier. Yeah. And cuz th- I find that Hayden Christian's best portrayal of what you figure Anakin Skywalker to be prior to becoming Darth
1: Vader. Yeah.
0: is in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, yeah, I would have liked more of that. Exactly. I think cuz The prequels were really set up to tell the story of Anakin Skywalker, right? And the first one fell a bit short of that. Even the second one, Attack of the Clones, they they spend more time evolving the early Star Wars universe than they really do evolving the character of Anakin Skywalker, I
1: think. Yeah, it's more of a Twilight kind of romance. Yes. uh, Attack of the Clones
0: there. But you do see yeah the establishment of again the, the Jedi Order as yep. well in all this mm-hmm. and that's something that wasn't really explored it was kind of whispered about in the right. original trilogy because we've never
1: seen so many Jedis
0: exactly yep. and it was heavily expanded on in this the whole Jedi Order and the concept of their kind of which was a little weird, more monks, if you will, kind of more yeah. of a religious sect. I originally thought them more as maybe like spiritual police in a sense.
1: Yeah, and especially because George Lucas always said he was so influenced by samurai culture, yes. right? So I thought we were seeing more of that aspect in the the, the prequel trilogy as opposed to, like you said, the monk yes. kind of approach, right? Yeah. yeah, where
0: it's yeah, it's about. And again, they're about peace and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing. But again, that a whole samurai culture, I think, would have been something a bit more interesting to right. explore, since. And I think, in a, in a lot of sense, that that's a very spiritual um, path. This whole samurai and that, mm-hmm. uh, the concept of it. But again, they're kind of fierce warriors, and yes. you kind of do see that concept in the Jedi. But yep. I think they're kind of leaning more on. Because you get Anakin talking a lot about because, you know, we're told not to love and mm-hmm. it's that's too selfish and right. we're kind of there to help everyone. So yeah. it's kind of, yeah, you get kind of a weird vibe off it.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest, I, I don't know if we're going to downfalls or not, but I'll just say to wrap it up here on this little bit. Episode 1 kind of made them have to rush the rest of the trilogy yeah. because I think a lot of ground wasn't covered in Episode 1. You know, they kind of wasted their time with doing some other setups. So they kind of had to rush episode two, especially three, the fact that we got Vader and Anakin in one movie. Yeah. And it was very brief when we got Vader.
0: And, it was, and I guess maybe they're, they're waiting to tease that until the very end. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's you know, why, you, why you're parked there, right? Yes. That you want to see... The Vader
1: story. And the way it's marketed. You kept seeing Vader helmets everywhere. Yeah. Like Vader's really going to be in this movie. Right?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things that I think. As far as addressing some of the questions that we had from the original trilogy. You know the Senate is another thing. Yep. It's, it's a big thing that people don't like about. There was too much politics yeah, in a it. Lot. Yeah. But I kind of enjoy that. And the fact that, you know, I, I finished Bloodlines, which yes. is what I would consider a prequel book to The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And you're getting towards the end of it here. This That whole book is political, right? Oh, yeah. It's
1: great. It's fantastic. Love it.
0: I kind of like that aspect of setting up the much bigger universe. Because yeah. the scale of it in the original trilogy... you I never really got a handle on how big the galaxy was and and the importance of having the Senate. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we get Tarkin coming in saying, oh, the Emperor just abolished the Senate. You're kind of like, okay. So is that like hundreds of people or what is that? I I liked exploring that concept of it. So, you know, even in a lot of its its flaws and they are there. Mm -hmm. And like I said, someday we'll get into a much larger discussion on them. I think establishing the the idea of a prequel movie it does elaborate on a lot of questions that we had coming out of the original trilogy yeah. Oh, yeah and i can really appreciate that about them and you know some of it's handled quite heavy-handedly yeah but um another great one was obi-wan kenobi story
1: oh ura gregor right yeah he's he's i think he's a standout yeah in that whole franchise there he's he is so good in that and he got better and better I, my favorite performance of him was in episode 3 actually yeah. and and we got a little more inside of him right exactly Yeah.
0: yeah. and just kind of veering into the books and the, what we're calling the canon books now mm-hmm. or the, the non-legend series so yeah. I, with Star Wars I find I have to compartmentalize myself a bit when it comes to reading yeah. uh, in, you have an original trilogy timeline you have your prequel timeline yeah. and you have your Force Awakens timeline Yes. and establishing sequel to prequel you know Everything at this point is a prequel and a sequel to something. So you have your OT timeline. The sequel books to that are the aftermath
1: books. Yeah.
0: I would consider them more of a sequel to Return of the Jedi yeah. than I would a prequel to The Force Awakens. Right. Even though there are elements that are seeded kind of through there, mm-hmm. they kind of stick more into the OT timeline. But right. Bloodlines is very much a prequel to The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And you're starting to getting to the weaving in of different stories in the comic books as yes. well, right? Yeah. That are prequel stories to the the larger... New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, right?
1: That's right. Yeah, that's exactly how yeah. Star Wars, the comic, and Darth Vader's comic yeah. would definitely be a prequel to Empire Strikes Back. Yeah,
0: direct sequel. It's taking a yeah. direct sequel to A New Hope, right? Yes, exactly. It's taking that, that concept right through because they pick up right after A New Hope. Mm-hmm. And so it's continuing that narrative right through. So it's almost trying to kind of meet one movie to another. Yeah. And I don't think we're going to quite get there being that Vader's ending. Yeah,
1: Twenty five. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. But you know, I guess you can only do so many stories with Vader and you want to keep them kind of precious. so you don't want to, yeah. you know, exploit them too much. But going off of, uh, of direct sequels with these novels, like you were mentioning, um, Lords of the Sith, you could basically say that is a sequel to Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Right? It takes place five years later, yes, but it touches upon events that happened in Episode yeah. 3. More so than that you kind of discover in Episode 4. Yeah. Right?
0: it aligns more with revenge of the sith than it yes, does with a new hope. Exactly. And so again that comes down to this idea of compartmentalizing the different eras of star wars to allow your kind of readability because if you're kind of attached to a particular era yeah. and you're looking for a book that would be a prequel to that or something i would think yeah you have to kind of put boundaries on it because mm-hmm. it can get a bit confusing as far as what you're reading. Yeah. I'm really hooked into the force awakens timeline right now. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you're loving it right yeah. now, right? Oh. Is is this due to the aftermath
0: well the aftermath like I said I think it's more of a right. original trilogy yes. kind of sequel. I don't know it's something about the Force Awakens timeline mm-hmm. that I'm really interested in cuz the yeah. bloodlines it seeds a lot of concepts that you have questions for. Mm-hmm. Force Awakens again like a new hope yeah. jumps right into a story mm-hmm. right you all of a sudden you have the First Order yeah. you have you know the resistance and you have all these elements and all these character interactions that you don't quite understand. They're mm-hmm. teasing a lot with Rey right. and Finn's origin story yeah, and Poe and, po and all that. Yeah. And again, Poe, the comic book prequel to The Force Awakens, that's right? right? Yeah. Before the Awakening. Now, that's what I consider maybe more of a prelude book.
1: Good call. Yeah. Uh,
0: Before the Awakening. Because it tells short stories of... Finn, Poe and Ray right. that lead directly into Force Awakens. I think
1: was it released just before the Force Awakens? It was
0: released on the same day the Force there Awakens. There you go. Yeah. Cuz yeah. they didn't want to have anything spoiled particularly with the characterization right. of the individuals. So it was released on December 18th last year. Right. And so getting your hands on that early, you would have understood maybe a bit more characterization, but yeah. I would consider that more of a prelude than a prequel cuz yeah. it's it's really the same story that it kind of jumps into. Mm-hmm. And again, you got to check that out.
1: Oh yeah, I know I got to. There's so um, many books. Yeah, there's so many books. Again, one day we got to compile a list yes. of uh, the Star Wars books. Yes, for sure. we will. Yeah.
0: But um, yeah, coming back to the Force Awakens <laughs> era, yeah, I'm intrigued by what they they've left hanging as far as. Plot threads and characterization, Phasma, Kylo Ren, right? The Knights of Ren, Knights
1: of Ren, Snoke. Yeah, there's Um, so much there to
0: explore, and I guess in the subsequent sequels, we're gonna get a lot more, maybe flashbacks. Mm -hmm. But I would love to see once we've established kind of the concept of the Knights of Ren, the concept of Snoke, and is going back and getting prequel books or prequel comics to kind of elaborate and explain some of these concepts. Like Luke. Exactly, that's another one too, right? And so there's so much room there Mm -hmm. to explore different things with prequels, with comic books, with books. Mm -hmm. And I think it's going to take some time. We're going to have to get to episode nine, I I think, before they start exploring any of the characters in any sort of depth. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, we get the post series, yeah, but it doesn't seem to be a character that hinges as far as the the secrecy that surrounds you you know Ray's father Mm -hmm. or whatever you want to call it, the Knights of Ren. The idea of, of prequels is all through the Star Wars universe. I think that we're starting to see a bit of this in the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the DC Cinematic Universe as well. Because mm. I want to see a Batman. Right. And I think this concept of that they're willing to go back and revisit prequel origin stories or whatever other characters or the concepts like mm. we're seeing with potentially an Obi-Wan Kenobi yeah. trilogy. Hopefully. The Han Solo movies, yep. Rogue One. And the fact that Star Wars now, we're going to get a sequel and a prequel every other year That's right? right and that concept is that you're expanding the original trilogy universe a lot yep. and the prequel universe a lot mm-hmm. but you're also expanding the Force Awakens so we're really getting all three eras covered with the movies that are coming out yeah. and expanding our knowledge and the continuity and mm-hmm. the universes and it's it's just a Great time!
1: It's great, and they're just exploring every aspect of this universe. Going off of these three different areas that we have in this universe, what is your favorite? Is it Force Awakens? Is that the area that you like, or are you like the the original or the prequels?
0: I'm gonna sit with the original trilogy, yeah. but I feel like I have a good understanding of that universe mm-hmm. of what it is, right. and we kind of have a somewhat of a beginning and more or less an end when it comes to Return of the Jedi, as yes. far as that story. Now, yes, it is being expanded on with the Aftermath books mm-hmm. that are, like I said, are considered direct sequels to this. But this new things that were established in Force Awakens, I'm going to have to say, that's where I'm concentrating a lot of my time right, right now. And I am reading the Aftermath books, and i got to get back into the, the kind of prequel era and get... Lords of the Sith right. and all that going. Mm-hmm. But then we're going to get dumped into the Rogue One era. Right. right? And we're going to have, which again is a prequel setting, mm-hmm. and we're going to have, there's a prequel book coming out called Catalyst.
1: Oh, So it's man. going to
0: explain, I guess it, maybe it's more of a prelude book mm-hmm. to Rogue One, where it's going to be explaining some of the characters and the rebellion itself. Right. And so all that kind of meshes into with Rebels. Right. Which, you know, comes out in a couple of weeks. Oh, man. And yeah, we've been thinking about little things with that too as well, what we can do to... Maybe weave in a little more That's Star Wars right. into uh, into our
1: lives here on the Nerd Room. Yeah, stay tuned.
0: Yes, but uh, how about you? what's your What's your era?
1: I gotta go with the prequels. Yeah, I, I love it. Like like you mentioned before, I love the politics. I love the age of Jedi's because there's, there's yep. Jedi's everywhere. Uh, the Sith are on the rise, and the planets. I really like the planets that we got to see back in that that era. Um, you know, obviously the original is always going to be you know just just fantastic. But I'm I'm an Anakin Darth Vader guy, so I'm I'm sticking my roots in the prequel there. Yes. Yeah,
0: it's great to see. And I think it might be a generational thing to come down to is, you know, I was only 15 or something like that when episode one came out Mm -hmm. and again, coming down to that attachment to the original trilogy, I have that attachment, but at the same time, I'm still willing to go back and revisit the prequel trilogy. Oh yeah. And I would love to do eventually an episode on that where we kind of go through and just point out some of the highlights Mm because this is something that's going to be continually panned on by the fan base, particularly the older fan base, I Mm -hmm. think. There is a lot of merit to the concept and the idea of going back and revisiting characters, themes, and narrative that maybe in the past wouldn't have been explored. Mm-hmm. But now that we have a lot of movies that showing you can be successful going back and revisiting characters or even revisiting universes like that's they right. do with the Harry Potter movie that's coming mm-hmm. out, right? That Fantastic Be Somewhere to Find that's Them, That's right? right, yeah. And it's a great way to revisit something that you hold dearly without even including the original characters.
1: That's right. Right? Prometheus, prime example Yes, exactly yeah. That didn't hit very well that did, Yeah, see, yeah I'm, I'm kind of the odd one out I like that movie a yeah. lot But I know a lot of people hated it so,
0: Yeah, it was yeah. It has a It was a lot of abstract concepts Yeah,
1: notes. yeah. I thought it was visually stunning But yes, it was I, I guess you know, I've never really been a big aliens person So maybe yeah. that's why I appreciate it more Whereas yeah. if I was a big aliens guy I would probably have probably been let down
0: yeah. I'd love to hear Izzy's thought on that Because he's a big aliens fan He's a big fan. aliens yeah. guy, that's right I don't know if Prometheus is going to sit too high yeah, on his list Yeah, yeah <laughs>
1: Probably gonna get a copy of his video game now for that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, check out our boy Izzy. He's got a video game drop in a couple of weeks here.
1: Yeah, can't wait. So,
0: yeah, he's a good friend of the show, so he's got a lot of cool things going on.
1: Does he, do do we know what platform that's going to be on? Like what console or computer? No idea. Not Izzy, sure. if
0: you're listening, clarify Let me Twitter. know, man.
1: <laughs> Let me know. I got all consoles. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so that about wraps it up. And you know, we kind of kept it short here. It's it's just a basic concept of prequels and mm-hmm. the value to them. That's right. And, in and the spirit of Rogue One, why exactly, not, right? Exactly. Yeah. We got, it's technically a prequel. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is the first time we're re- revisiting that era. Yeah. Outside of Rebels and Clone Wars. I know we have all those, but on the, the big screen, yes. right? Yes. And it didn't go over so well for some people the mm-hmm. first time. I think this one's going to go I think over it's fantastically. Yeah. Right. Can't wait. Someday we do promise we will get into a very thorough discussion of each individual Star Wars movie. Oh yeah. And maybe going back do a bit of a retrospective series on some of the Star Wars. And getting kind of more of our in-depth thoughts on the prequels themselves. Particularly mm-hmm. around uh, some of the places that were hit and miss. And some of the things that we would have expanded on. Ben and Corporate does a really cool cut mm-hmm. of a very different yes. Phantom Menace on what... He thought it could be. So that's something cool to check out. Yeah. And this is, he's gone through and written a completely different script. Yeah. It's kind of oddly animated. Yeah. And he goes through the concepts of, of pulling through Darth Maul through the entire series. Yeah. And there's also a follow up Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. And so this is quite a comprehensive relook it's at great. what the prequel trilogy could have been. Definitely. Uh, building off of concepts from uh, different portions of the, the Star Wars Legends universe, mm-hmm. as well as Kyber Crystals are in there. Yeah, that's right. and, you know, expanding more on Darth Maul's character,
1: yeah, and his sister, even yes. they, they incorporate. And Mace Windu has a brother in there. Yeah. So, if you have some time, because it is quite a bit of time, yeah, you know, but you sit back once you get into within the first five minutes of the episodes, you get used to like what you're seeing, yeah, and you, you actually start appreciating it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really good, good. It's,
0: it's definitely worth a check out just yeah. to see a different take on the, the prequels yes. on yes. Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones
1: themselves. Yeah. Really enjoyed those, yeah, yeah. they're good. So, anyway, Trey, yeah. It's been a pleasure. Always. Talking prequels. Yeah, Star Wars all day.
0: Yeah, so you guys can check us out on Twitter. Our handles are at the end of the episode. We're on Facebook, Google Play. We're YouTube. on YouTube YouTube yeah. now, too. Go check us out check there. Check us out. So Troy's putting together some cool graphics. Yeah, it's going at down. At some point, we're going <laughs> to wade into maybe doing a video. Yeah, we might get you. there. Yes. Yeah. Someday. Someday, mm-hmm. maybe. We'll see how
1: that goes. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, yeah. You can sitting here talking, so... <laughs>
0: Looking down the road here, we, we're going to do some reviews of some comic books coming up. We've got the end of Civil War in a few months. Mm-hmm. We've got some DC Rebirth to catch oh, up on. Yeah. And yep. also we got some big movies on the horizon. Doctor Strange, Rogue One,
1: mm-hmm. Force Friday. Oh, wow. So, we've got a lot going on. Yeah. And then we're getting ready for Oscar season. Yes. It's coming Catch out. up on all those movies.
0: Yes. That's a big thing I have to do. I've been really slacking on my movies lately. Yeah, yeah. So we may even, we kind of skipped doing a Star Trek and Ghostbusters review oh, yeah. uh, this summer because it didn't work out with timelines and all this kind of stuff, vacations, yeah. but Maybe what we'll do too is when they come out in Blu-ray DVD, maybe we'll throw a, uh, a review down on some yeah. of those. I know people were interested in kind of hearing some of our thoughts mm-hmm. on those. If you guys ever want to get a hold of us or contribute to the show and or give us some feedback, yeah, you can always grab us at hashtag Enter the Nerd Room.
1: So Thanks for tuning
0: in. Yeah, so guys, for the Nerd Room, I'm Tim.
1: I'm Troy, and
0: thank you for entering the Nerd Room.
1: No door to shut here. Nah. No Sanjay. So
0: yeah, <laughs> we are. out. Oh. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find our hosts Tim, Sunday, and Troy on Twitter at @nerd_rm, one nine one two podcasting, and Troy the boy eighty seven.